Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Winner Work Podcast. You're with your host, Julian Leahy. And today I'm joined by the fantastic Daniel Frankavilla from Toronto, Canada. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you so much, Julian. I'm, I'm happy to be here. See, I told you I was going to bring the energy out when I started. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I know there's a massive, uh, massive time difference, but, um, you know, morning for me, evening for you, but we made it work. We found hey. the time. That's right. Yeah, I've got a time for everybody. And, um, you know, even Europe is the tricky one, but um, I do them uh, midday on uh, Wednesday to get them in. But uh, we're all here. And uh, Daniel, tell us, what we're going to talk about today, first of all, is creating impact and growth on a budget. And I Mm -hmm. like this topic because I think it teaches you how to actually be efficient with what you're doing and get good results with what you're doing. And you don't need to spend a lot of money. So, Give us some information based on what you're doing, uh, some tips that you can help us with in terms of how do we create impact and growth without blowing out the Facebook ad account? Yeah, <laughs> that's a huge one. Um, when it comes to, you know, whether it's organic content or or paid advertising, I think uh, it's worth looking at the fact that, you know, you can build a community online with without paid advertising to start. And there's a lot of things you can do uh, organically to get out there and interact, um, comment on other places that your audience and your target audience will be like, engage, comment. That's free. That's of course your time, which is not always free, but that doesn't cost your business any money at the time, especially if you're, you know, a small business, an individual entrepreneur, a startup or a nonprofit organization it doesn't have a ton of, uh, of cash. So getting in there and creating organic content, um, and, and engaging organically is a big one. Um, now, obviously, uh, if you are more established or you have been running, you know, operating for a while and you have customers, you have donors, you have supporters, um, is looking to actually curate content from your own community. So you could, you know, you could save a ton of time, uh, of course, on new content creation and not worry about the expense of, you know, filming, uh, you know, original design pieces by curating content from your supporters, from your followers, from your your clients, um, you know, sharing their own uh, experiences with your with your business. That's a huge one, you know asking people, encouraging them. You do have to ask, of course, a lot of people aren't just gonna you know put stuff out there that's uh, free for all for you to use. but um, if you can create uh, curate content from your community, um, that's huge. One ways you can do that is by putting out a challenge that people can participate in. Get them to, you know, share their submissions um, on your own platform, whether it's using your hashtag or not, um, and being able to use those uh, submissions later. And I think, you know, if you can also put out content that's impactful or informative that people can actually respond to, um, you can then remix those responses and those comments. So those are just a a couple of the ways uh, to start with when it comes to getting some content at a low low cost. The competition one's interesting. Um, have you done that? Can you tell us about the competition that you ran and, and what sort of content you were getting and, and what you know how you did it? Yeah, for sure. So competitions uh, are great when it comes to submitting. So one of our one of our clients, for example, um, you know, one of the clients I worked with is is a uh, pizza <clears throat> pizza company restaurant. Um, and so a lot of times we'll ask our, our, we'll ask the audience to submit, um, you know, 
their thoughts or their feedback or some or some cool combinations of you know ingredients or toppings or things that they would uh, they would want to see, right? Um, so it's actually a good way to get feedback if you want it as well. But if you wanted to make it just more fun and out there, right, you could ask them, you know, what what's the worst topic you would, uh, you know, you could have on a pizza, for example, or what's what's something you would never want to see, um, you know, in a pasta dish and getting those people to, to comment that. And then, of course, you could reshare those responses, create graphics, create videos, create Instagram stories um, with a collage of, of different answers. And it kind of gives you some fun content that's curated um, by the community. Uh, another one, another one, another thing that, that we've done there is taking, um, you know, tweets or posts from, you know, like say a celebrity or a thought leader, um, which is, you could also consider that curated content um, and sharing that. So for example, like we've taken clips from the show Friends, uh, the TV show, and, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's clips about like, them having pizza for breakfast, for example, right? So just kind of repurposing that, even if it's not from your own audience, right? Uh, adapting those like gifts and things that are kind of out there in the public and and adding a spin on it to your brand uh, can definitely help your, your content go uh, a lot further without creating something completely from scratch. Interesting. And the other thing you talked about was uh, engaging. Um, now, uh, tell us how you did that. It's one of those things where it sounds like something that would be hard to keep doing. Like you might do it one or two days or even a week and then just forget all about it. So yeah, uh, yeah. for sure. Tell us tell us what you do there. So so one of the, the, the strategies that you can use for engagement and kind of ramping that up, uh, you may have heard, uh, if you're in the marketing world, you definitely would have heard of Gary uh, Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Um, and he has this this strategy called the dollar eighty strategy, which is a really good way to to start scaling this engagement and forcing yourself to do it on an ongoing regular basis. So you know, at my at my agency and and in my own practice, we actually you know have done this and and do it often. It's just a matter of choosing content. Let's say choose you know ten different hashtags within your niche, right? And then commenting on nine posts every single day that you choose from that are maybe relevant to engage with. Maybe the person looks like they could be interesting or they could be a potential customer of yours. Um, and so the the dollar eighty is just that you're leaving your two cents. So you're going on Instagram, leaving your two cents on nine posts in ten different hashtags that are relevant. So you know when you add that up, it equals a dollar and eighty cents, right? Um, that's kind of the the, the the funny formula there. You don't, you definitely don't have to do those exact uh, numbers, um, but what that does is you get the content creator's attention or the individual's attention. You hope that some of those people will actually look at and say, "Hey, who the heck is this?" or "What is this brand?" They'll check out your profile. Maybe they'll engage back. Maybe they'll give you a follow if they think it's relevant, right? So. Um, it's just one way to to engage. Even if you have, you know, not much out there for people to engage to, it gives you some way of of getting out and engaging on their own content as well. And what do you do this on LinkedIn or Facebook or what? This works really, really well on Instagram. Uh, a lot of times on Instagram, people, you know, people love comments, of course, on any platform. But on Instagram, people are very often to uh, to check out and throw someone a follow back. Um, sometimes on platforms like like Twitter, for example, a like or a favorite on a tweet doesn't really necessarily mean you're gonna you know start a whole 
conversation with them. Um, but on Instagram, commenting back, um, people do you know people do love to see who's engaging and they'll they'll check out your profile. So a good thing the good thing with Instagram is if you have a business page. Uh, a business account on Instagram, you can track profile visits, right? So even if people aren't following you, you can track the fact that, okay, out of these hundred and so comments I left, you know, 80 something people came to my page as a result. And I think uh, regardless of if they follow, it's a great way to, to count those statistics on Instagram. Cool. I wonder if you could do that with an automated bot. What do you think about that? Yeah, <laughs> you you definitely could. There there are some uh, you know there are a lot of people that definitely try to do it through automated. Um, you could you could leave generic comments um, like oh great post, but I think people kept, people call those out and and you can yeah. they're, they're, they're pretty spammy. The the Instagram algorithm is getting even better at uh, at reducing the amount of those comments and even comments that are like one emoji. For example, if you go around commenting a happy face or a thumbs up on hundreds of people's posts, um, Instagram will definitely flag that. So um, there is there is a platform, though, it, a platform called Dollar $80. Uh, I think it's $80.com, the word 80. And they built that off of Gary, Gary Vee's strategy um, to help you manage it. So there is a software where you can kind of, uh, I haven't personally used it, but I know people on my team have used it. I've, I've done it the manual way, um, but you can definitely use a, a software to help you keep that all organized and tracked. Yeah, it's got to look real and um, people can tell, like you say, if it's just a fake comment. And the other thing you got to worry about is uh, like on what happened on, I think it was Twitter, where uh, people were using automated tools and then maybe two years later they were getting banned when the uh, the um, algorithm catches up and works out some <laughs> You know, so you might think you're going great and then yep. all of a sudden you get wiped out. So, um, yep. you know, or speaking of, I was going to say, or you find out that on, on Instagram, there's something called being shadow banned where you don't actually know it, but Instagram is serving your content to way less people and mm. you'll start to see those results and you don't know why. And it could have been, like you said, Julian, something that you did a while back that you, that you may have tried. Yeah, you can't fake it. I mean, you, uh, you've you got to keep it real. Gary V, speaking of Gary V, um, he never automates anything. One of the things he talks about was with automation is these, his nightmare scenario was like he comments on some post and say some massive event has happened like a war invasion or 9-11 that he yep. wasn't expecting. And because he's got this automated system, he basically gets himself cancelled overnight. So uh, that's a, that, that's another thing, yeah. You could come across as insensitive. It could actually exactly. do more harm than good. That that's for sure. And when you're trying to grow your personal brand, especially, it's it's hard to make uh, recovery from those types of things. Um, but when you're growing your company brand, again, like it's so easy for someone to just ignore you, ignore your company, and say, "Ah, dismiss it. I'm not going to consider them because they did this one thing this one time." Right. So um, people are very aware of those things now, and. Um, there could be sensitive situations that you're commenting on on people's Instagrams, right? So, um, you know, they could post, they could do a post about their their grandmother passing away, or you know, that them doing a post announcing they have this serious illness, and you're commenting, uh, you know, something totally unrelated, and uh, that's just that's more harm than good. Yeah, there's another strategy that um, I, a previous guest was talking about where you basically wait for these big industry events that are related to your industry and uh, they always put out hashtags like it might be a big conference 
and you just get on the big uh, the big players and re- retweet what they're doing and use the hashtags and it gets a lot of eyes on what you're doing and um, they yeah. may scale up just by doing that. It's actually funny. So uh, in the early days, earlier days of, of Twitter, maybe like, I don't know, almost 10 years ago now, um, at a lot of conferences and events, I would do the same thing as I would follow all the speakers, follow the organizer, look at who the organizing account is following, knowing that, of course, they're going to see that I'm now tweeting about the event. When they check my profile, all my tweets are going to be relevant because they're using that hashtag, right? Um, you may choose to like favorite a few of the tweets that are in the hashtag and follow those people. And you can actually develop that because that's a real kind of organic community that's forming, right? It's all the people that are attending this event. So back in the day, I know we haven't had in-person events here in uh, Toronto where I am for almost two years, where there's like a proper large-scale conference. Um, but, you know, that was huge, actually. So in the early days of Twitter, I, I did grow my following uh, by a few hundred people at a time from these major uh, events, doing it that way. Awesome. And you talk about community. Um, what are some of the – I mean, because – Forming a community is really the most powerful thing and uh, it's the fastest way to get that real strong no like, and trust factor. What are some of the things that you do uh, to build communities around you? Yeah, so that's huge. I think the number one thing that you can do is to provide value and not kind of holding everything back, putting everything behind a paywall or a subscription. Um, people will, will tend to, you know, stick around and and share your stuff if you're providing actual value and they don't feel like there's a catch, right? When there's a catch, someone may still find your content uh, useful. They may click or download it, but they're not really going to stick around and follow it and share it, right? Um, Because they don't want to be, you know, sharing things that could be, you know, uh, potentially come across as like a scam or, or just people love that authentic content. So if you're able to put out um, a lot of organic content, uh, to build community that's still valuable, that's huge. Uh, one of the things that I've done a lot of at, at a couple of different companies I've worked with uh, and my own agency is uh, we host weekly or bi-weekly Instagram lives, for example, right? You're hosting these lives. There's a real person behind the camera. Um, and not only are you, you know, speaking to your community and you're putting a face behind, you know, the, the account, but you're also inviting in guests sometimes that, that gets shared with their following as well, right? So the fact that, you know, now if I go live with you on Instagram, Julian, now your community on Instagram or your brand uh, Instagram page is now live and those people are going to come in in the end and discover um, our profile, right? So I think that's a huge way to kind of get your community engaged. And another one goes back to one, to you know, my earlier tip about uh, curating content from your community People love when their stuff is featured. Listen, I'm a huge fan of matcha, uh, matcha green tea, right? When I'm posting uh, matcha, I, I will often tag the different matcha brands I use. And when they when they repost it, it feels great, right? It feels like, oh, cool. They like my post. I did, I, I, they, maybe the picture was good, right? Whatever it was, people love that, that sense of community that's built. And when I go on their Instagram stories and I see all the reposts they've done, from their customers and their clients, you kind of feel like you're part of that community, right? So those are a couple things you can do to help uh, to do that. Um, now, if you're starting from zero people, of course, um, other than the, the $1.80 strategy we talked about, 
you could go into other, for example, Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups, engage and comment there where those aren't your own audience. That's someone else's group's audience, right? Maybe it's a group for a different reason. Maybe it's a parenting group and you're looking to target parents. You go in there, you start engaging, you start telling people about what you do. Um, that's another kind of way to, to drive people to your own community. Awesome. Daniel, and what's the first uh, step for people to learn more about what you're doing and helping people grow communities and generate impact? Uh, um, at danieldoes.co, do you have a strategy call? What do you do? Yeah, exactly. So if you go to danieldoes.co, you can uh, you can book a call with me. Uh, we'll, we'll have a 20-minute call, chat about some of your goals. I have, I have a bunch of specific questions for you uh, if you do that. Um, and then depending what you're looking for, we could work together on a monthly basis or I can put together a strategy for you. Um, if you're looking for things like a lot of, you know, paid advertising and, you know, big, big, uh, large scale content projects and video production, things like that. Um, I would then, uh, also introduce you over to my team at the agency King street media here in Toronto. Um, we work with, with clients, uh, not just in Toronto, of course. Um, and and it's a great it's a great way to kind of really step your content up to another level and, and really scale uh, if you if you are looking to scale from a paid advertising perspective. Wonderful, yeah, you've got to really get onto that and uh, up your content game, and then start uh, leveraging your content in paid advertising. But so there's one more that. thing I'll add, uh, Julian. Just is that it doesn't uh, hurt to ask for amplification, right? It's it's funny how, you know, people will say, oh, no one's sharing, no one's talking, no one's commenting. But sometimes you actually have, haven't asked, right? And you haven't actually put out that request. So I think asking for amplification, um, asking your existing followers to share something with their own audience, it's completely free for you and for them. Um, and then making it easier for your supporters to, to share your content and your campaigns. I think um, that's a huge thing that, that you can do as well to make it easy for you. Yeah, really good tip. Um, and, um, you know, what you could do is have a little um, email or a little bit that you add on to your email where you just ask people, um, can you share my latest post or whatever and have that yep. automatically go out and, and people will um, respond. They, they yeah. will share it. Make it easy for them, right? You can you have ambassadors. Sometimes they're silent ambassadors. You don't know that, but give them an opportunity, remind them, Make the ask, and uh, that can go a long way, and it's no additional cost to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good stuff. Some really good info there. It's got me thinking about things. This is what I like, having a lot of these marketing, branding guests on. It makes me think about what I'm doing with my business, and it gives you ideas. So thanks for coming on, Daniel. Lots of excellent information there. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Julian. It was, it was great being uh, part of your show. Wonderful, and thanks for watching and listening wherever you are, and I'll see you very soon on another episode.